Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. So there's faith, there's hope, and there's love. And the greatest of these is love. I'm here to tell you today that there's a love for you, the love of Jesus Christ. It's what we're here to celebrate on Resurrection Sunday. And maybe your faith has taken a few hits, and maybe your hope feels a little bit deflated. But if you can find the love, the greatest of loves, right here and right now, I believe you're gonna get your faith back. I believe your hope will begin to rise. I believe God's gonna do something new in your life. This Resurrection Sunday is gonna be unlike any other because God's gonna do something that he's been wanting to do in all of your life. For the person who hasn't declared Jesus as their king, today's your day of salvation. For the person who's wandered off and done their own thing, today's your day to come back home. For the believer who's living in fear, I believe that today is your day of victory. Because in all the headlines that we're reading, well, we're not just reading them, we're actually living them out. We're right in the middle of what's going on around the whole world. But I've got some good news for you when all we've been seeing is bad news. God loves you, God knows you, God cares about you, God will save you, God will meet you right where you're at. This love that we have in Jesus, the greatest of all loves. He's the greatest person who ever walked the earth, and yet he gave his life up for us. The greatness of heaven was exchanged for every one of our sins here on the earth, for all of us. All of us sinners now have a savior. All of us who have been in defeat now can have a victory. Maybe you feel like you've been overlooked in life. Maybe you feel like you've been left behind. Maybe you've been cynical about the things of God. I'm here to tell you that Jesus, the greatest gift of all, the greatest of all loves, wants to do something new in your life, wants to meet you where you're at and transform you into everything you've been called to be. Because this Easter Sunday, this Resurrection Sunday, it's not just the greatest day on our religious calendar, it's a resurrection, it's the greatest day of all time. It's a day unlike any other. Here we are, years later, gathering online to look at this story to learn from it, hopefully to be challenged by it, to see it in a new way. Something that occurred 2,000 years ago is as relevant than ever before for who you are and where you're at right here and right now. You know, I for one did not see Easter playing out this way. If you would have asked me in January of this year, like what would Easter look like? I would have been talking about the packed out rooms and the, the lives that would be changed and the amazing feel and the environment of the room. But here we are, we find ourselves in a totally different environment. Like what in the world is actually happening? Like I've never been in quarantine before, but here I am. Well, maybe I was in quarantine when I was like five years old and I had the chicken pox, but here I am now learning how to be a homeschool dad. And I don't know about you, but it is not going that well. What my kids are learning, I think more than anything, is that dad can be really impatient. We're all learning a little bit. We're learning our eyes before E's, except after C's, and some light bulbs are going off. Mostly I'm realizing I don't know as much as I thought that I knew. And I think from school, all I really remembered was like recess and lunch. I'm learning that my daughter, who's in second grade, is she's like reading at a fourth grade level. I'm really proud of her. Unfortunately for her, her dad is reading at about a first grade level. So I'm having to grow alongside of her. And for everyone who's taking care of their kids right now, every mom and dad at home trying to educate your kids, you guys are heroes. I'm learning in this quarantine, I don't think that any of us washed our hands as much as we thought that we did. I'm learning not to take the simple things for granted. I'm learning that I don't like Zoom, even though I have to be on Zoom. And when I'm meeting in Zoom, I feel like I'm trapped in the intro to the Brady Bunch show, looking around at everyone else. 
But all jokes aside, we're living in unprecedented days requiring sacrifice. And for many people, even people in our own church are dealing with suffering. But I believe out of the greatest of adversities comes the greatest of opportunities. I believe that even these days could be some of the greatest days of your life. Because that's what Resurrection Sunday is. It's the greatest day of all time. Where sin was defeated on Friday, Jesus was victorious on Sunday. And just maybe for you in the middle of this pandemic, you can find the greatest of all loves and experience the greatest of all of God's power showing up in your world. There's no reason that in the midst of this season of adversity that God can't bring victory into your life. Because of Resurrection Sunday, we can now look to the one who understands our situation. He actually understands isolation and sacrifice. He's the one who looked out for everyone else's interest above his own. The one who left the really the quarantine of the glory of heaven where everything was perfect to bring healing to the hearts of all people. And friend, there's healing for your heart today. The one who didn't just come to flatten the curve. No, he came to destroy sin and death and even sickness once and for all. You know, this weekend, is the celebration of the most important event in human history. But it's actually really two days that we celebrate. The whole week, and it is the sacrifice of Good Friday and the victory of Resurrection Sunday. And I believe it's an invitation for you to experience the sacrifice and experience the resurrection like never before. You know, Easter here in America, here in Kansas City, it is springtime. It's everything coming to life. I love it. It's because like the colors of the earth are waking back up from their gray winter slumber. And it's a time when like the natural beauty of creation once again comes back to life, comes back on display. It's interesting to me though, that the Bible speaks about Jesus, this greatest of all, this greatest of loves. And he is the most beautiful expression of God's heart towards us. And yet naturally speaking, when people would look at him, just at a face level, nothing quite extraordinary about him. In Isaiah 53, it says, there was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance nothing to attract us to him. And he was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows and acquainted with the deepest of griefs. It's incredible to think about the most beautiful gift of all came in a really ordinary package. Maybe for you, coming to church or watching church online is the way we're doing it today. Showing up to church on Easter is kind of the ordinary thing that you do this day. But I'm here to tell you, don't look at it for the plain packaging of just another Easter experience. There's something beautiful that God wants to do. The dichotomy of Easter is really unavoidable. It's Jesus, the God-man, actually allowed himself to be pierced through his hand just by an ordinary soldier. Jesus is heaven meets earth, all in one person. And what we celebrate this Resurrection Sunday isn't just the death on the cross that was the completion for our sins, the payment for our sins, but it was the precursor of the resurrection that God literally died to give you a life that's raised from death to life. Jesus says in John chapter 10 that he has come to give us life in all of its fullness, not just to give us a religion, not just to even give us a relationship, but to do something new in us and through us. And to really know the greatest love, you need to immerse yourself in the whole story. If you're not experiencing a resurrected life, a life in victory, if all you're experiencing is defeat, you need to look at the story again. Because Jesus died, Jesus resurrected, those are the headlines. But when you read the whole story, you find out that God did that just for you. And then when you learn the character of your God, when you learn the real meaning of why Jesus came, 
you realize he didn't come just to save you one day for eternity, but to meet you in the middle of your mess and to change your life here and now. Jesus, the greatest of all, shared an evening meal with his close friends before he went to the cross. The Bible says that the enemy had already worked in the heart of Judas, the betrayer, and, and Jesus knew that God had given him all power and all authority. And yet in the middle of that moment, the Bible teaches us that he gets up, the one who has all power and authority, knowing that this is his last day on the earth, his life as it has been. He decides to show them how much he loves for them. And one by one, he washes their dirty, calloused feet, one after another. And Jesus works his way around the room. It's amazing to think about that like the king of the universe, whose hands had shaped the heavens, is now washing the filth of the feet of his followers, even ones that wouldn't be faithful to him when he needed them the most. The one who one day the Bible says every nation, every tribe, every people group would kneel before him as king over all, decides to kneel washing the feet of the hot-tempered fisherman, of the despised tax collector, even of the betrayer. Hours before his own death, Jesus' concern was not on his own well-being. He wanted to show his followers how much he loves them. He loves them enough to serve them right where they're at. Now, one would think that because of Jesus' display of serving and sacrifice, that one of these 12 men and their 24 clean feet, like they would have followed Jesus all the way to the end. They would have stood up for him. They would have fought for him. But one by one, they kind of go the path of least resistance. They go their own way. In fact, Judas doesn't even make it to the end of the meal. They all abandon Jesus in his greatest time of need. What does that teach us about the greatest of all loves? It teaches us that Jesus goes first, that love goes first that he cleans us up even before we could even walk away from him. He forgave their sins. He forgave our sins even before we committed them. He offers grace to us first even before we ask for forgiveness. The greatest of love went first. So that no matter how great your mistakes have been, no matter how bad of a situation you're in right now, no matter how bad it might get in your tomorrow, you can be forgiven. You can live clean. You can follow Jesus again, not based upon your works, but based upon the completion of the cross. You know, later that night in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was overwhelmed with pain, thinking about the cross that was right in front of him. He was going to face death and despair in the morning. And he had the option in that moment to say no to the cross. But Jesus knew in his heart that if he said no to the cross, he wouldn't be able to say yes to you. He wouldn't be able to say yes to us. Jesus said yes to giving up his life for us. And today you have the opportunity because love went first, the greatest of love went first, that you can follow, that you can give your heart to him, that you can say yes to him just as you are. And not only receive, I believe, forgiveness for your sins, but I believe to receive resurrection power and victory that Jesus has for you. So Jesus says yes, a painful yes in the Garden of Gethsemane. There he was sold out by Judas wrongfully accused and beaten by the religious leaders. His freedom was taken from him. In fact, he gave his freedom away so that you and I now can live free with him. You know, at any moment in this brutal ordeal, Jesus could have called it quits. He could have retreated back to the embrace of heaven, back to perfection, but he was a man on a mission. The Bible says that there was a joy set before him. That's why he endured the cross. In other words, he could look past Good Friday and see Resurrection Sunday, not just for himself, 
but for you and me. The Bible says that we were the joy. We were his perspective. We were his viewpoint. When he was staring down death, he was actually looking through it, seeing victory for us on the other side. The Bible says that brothers are born for times of adversity. It also says that there's a friend that can be closer than a brother. And what it speaks about is that family is there for the fight. And there's a family member that you have in the faith that's always there and will never walk out of you. And God is not absent in your battle. God is not missing in your struggle. I believe he's closer than you know. And maybe you just need to have a new encounter with the goodness of God, receive the gift of Good Friday, and have him raise you to new life today so you can experience the victory he has for you. You see, Jesus doesn't want to just be the savior to start a religion. He wants to be your savior in your situation. He doesn't just save souls. He protects us in the here and now. He heals here and now. He restores even now. He provides for your needs. Jesus is the great redeemer. The cross was the settlement of our sin, but Resurrection Sunday, today is the declaration of your victory in him and with him. On the way to the cross, Jesus received a crown of thorns. It was actually a painful joke that a Roman soldier put upon him to mock him, the one who was labeled the King of the Jews. And this crown of thorns, I believe, has a greater meaning than you might know. You know, throughout scripture, thorns symbolize not just sin, but the consequences of sin. If you can remember back to the Garden of Eden story, the original sin, the pride that put them in that place, put us into a broken world, a separation between God and man. The Bible says that the ground began to be cursed from that day forward and that the ground would produce thorns and weeds. And although we could work the soil and receive fruit as a reward, we'd always have to deal with our sins fallout with the thorns. The thorns mean there's a painful side to this world that we're in. That there's always this byproduct of the sin, our sin, that all of us face in this world around us. I think it's good for all of us to know, not to listen to those that are proclaiming that this whole pandemic is God's judgment. I believe more than ever that God's actually using what's going on in our broken world to bring healing and restoration, to even bring resurrection like never before. I think what was meant for evil, God is turning around for good. See, at the cross, Jesus received that crown of thorns. It was on his head. I believe it symbolizes that he's taking the curse of this world and putting it upon himself. That if we would make him the head of our life, that we know that the curse over us because of being born into the sinful world has been broken once and for all. And yes, we're still going to experience the fallout of humanity, the pain of this world, but we don't have to live in brokenness. As believers, we might be walking through pain, but we're there with the promise of God. We might be facing hardship, but there's hope that He is going to work in every situation. We might be attacked on all sides, but there's an overwhelming victory inside of us for those that will live in the power of the resurrection. You know, on Jesus' cross, there was a sign placed above him. It said the King of the Jews. It was placed there by Pilate, and it was a way to mock him, a moniker put, given to him to, to kind of mock him. And it was written in three different languages. It was written in Hebrew and Latin and Greek. These were the languages of the day. I think it's interesting just to read in between the lines that Hebrew is the language of Israel, the language of religion. Latin would be the language of the Romans. 
It was the language that represented law and government and the Greek language that represented the culture of that time. I love that Christ was declared as king over every single one. He's the king over religion. He's the king over rule and government and justice. And he's the king over culture. That what was meant as a joke actually was a precursor and a sign that Jesus Christ would be Lord over all. Not just for one group, the Israelites, not just for one people, the ruling class, but for every single one of us. The greatest of loves is for everyone. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your religious upbringing. It doesn't matter if you were born in the Bible Belt or born far away from church. It doesn't matter your philosophies or your viewpoints on politics or anything else. It's your viewpoint on Jesus. Will you put above him the moniker, the sign that he's the king, the king over all? I believe that the message that was on the cross was a message for the whole world, that Jesus really is king. I believe it's also a message that you have to receive for yourself because the cross is not a symbol of religion. It's a symbol of the greatest of all loves. It shows us that God would rather die than live life apart from us. And for you and me, the cross is a symbol really as an opportunity for anyone and everyone to experience the greatest of all loves. I love what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, that God put the wrong on him who never did anything wrong so that we could be right with God. In other words, you don't have to pay for your mistakes. You can receive the gift of God's grace. God put sin on his own son and punished sin there once and for all. And if you've been trying to work your way back into God's good graces, you're missing the whole beauty of the cross. You're missing the power of the resurrection, that grace will meet you right where you're at. And if you'd receive it today, your future will never be the same. I'd like to close out our time together just with answering a question that many of us are asking, is where is God in all this? Like, has God forgotten about humanity? Has God forgotten about your family? Has God forgotten about you? I wanna invite you just for a moment to go back 2,000 years ago and put yourself in the perspective of the followers of Jesus. Put yourself in those that were there seeing him on the cross. John, the disciple, Mary, Jesus' mother, the, even the Roman guards. Think about, they were looking at the one who supposedly could work mighty power and miracles. The one who declared that he was gonna raise from the dead. The one who said that people could know the love of God and that God was for them and not against them. And then in that moment, all they could see was their hope dying on the cross. We have Good Friday, the death of Jesus, and we have Resurrection Sunday that we celebrate now. But what about that Saturday? Where is God on that Saturday? When things went quiet, it's called Silent Saturday. On Good Friday, we had the declaration that Jesus said, his last words, that it is finished, that sin has been paid for. But from their perspective, if you can go back and look for yourself, you would see that it looked like their hope was dying. It looked like the promise wasn't coming to pass. You're wondering where God is? I believe he's right here, right now. And there's no better day than Resurrection Day, than Resurrection Sunday, for you to have a reminder that God always keeps his promises. If he said it was finished on the cross, if he said he was gonna raise again, that every promise he's made to your heart, you can anchor yourself to like never before. If he promised to never leave you or forsake you, 
Even when all you're seeing is fear and frustration, you can anchor your inside world to the greatest of loves, knowing that God will always be good when it comes to you. And I'm not promising you that everything's gonna work out immediately in your favor, but the gift of the cross leads us to a connection to resurrection. That even in this life, when things are going bad, this isn't the end. God is up to something great. Where is God in all this? He's right here, right now. And I think He has you right where He wants you, right here in this moment, to connect with your heart, to change your inside world. Maybe not everything will change in your outside world immediately, but when you receive the greatest of love in your inside world, your faith and your hope get concrete again. And you can face whatever you're looking at with a new confidence that the God of heaven is on your side. And you don't have to work for His approval, but you can walk forward with His love and with His grace, and you can expect resurrection in your future. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, I love this from the message paraphrase. It says, now God has us where He wants us, with all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all His idea. It's all His work. All we do is trust Him enough to let Him do it. And it's God's gift from start to finish. I love that beginning, that God has us right where He wants us. And could it be that what the enemy meant for harm, the fear that you're facing, the pandemic around the world, is actually the most opportune time and moment. As you're watching this, God has you where He wants you, as an opportunity to say yes to Him, as an opportunity to receive the greatest of loves, as an opportunity to receive not just the gift of forgiveness, but the power of resurrection. It's all His work, and He starts it and He completes it. He's always faithful. Don't miss the opportunity to say yes to the cross, the gift of forgiveness, and to wake up with resurrection power on the inside of you. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, it says some people have missed the most important thing in life. They don't know God. Paul the Apostle writes there that you might gain everything else in your world, but if you don't know God, you're missing out on what life is all about. And on Good Friday, Jesus made a promise to you. In fact, some of his last words on the cross, one was, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus had always been connected perfectly with God. In that moment, God and him were separated for a moment so that we could never be separated from his love. Then Jesus says, it is finished. In other words, the price has been paid once and for all. And because he said that, if we'll believe in that declaration, the next words out of his mouth to your heart can be welcome home to the greatest of loves. If you've never said yes to the love of Jesus, if you've never said yes to the greatest of gifts, the grace of God, don't miss this opportunity. I believe God has you right where he wants you leaning into this moment to receive the greatest gift of all. I'd love to lead you in a prayer. In fact, we pray it every week at Hillsong. We believe at Hillsong Church that if you believe in your heart that Jesus is who he says he is, the savior of the world, and you'll declare it in your mouth. In other words, you'll take one step in saying yes to the gift of the cross. The grace will meet you right where you're at, and it will take you on the journey that you were meant to, living with resurrection power and victory for the rest of your life. Friend, don't miss this opportunity. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. In fact, I'd love to lead you in a prayer. Let's pray together. Would you say this after me? Say it out loud right where you're at. I believe God has you right where he wants you and he's gonna take you somewhere incredible. Say this with me. Say, thank you, God, for giving me your love. The gift of Jesus 
who on the cross paid for my sins is the gift I receive today. I believe that my past is settled, my future is secure, and right now I'm gonna receive your grace. I turn from my old ways. God, I give you my whole heart. From this day on, I wanna walk in the greatest of loves. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. And from now on, I'm living for you. In Jesus' name, amen.